0: Our New Testament reading is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 to 46. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower, Then he leased it to tenants and went away. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Then he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, Let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become... The cornerstone, this was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces its fruits. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him. But they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. No, God, may the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and redeemer. Amen. Yesterday, I found myself gazing wonder at acres and acres of corn and sunflowers as far as the eye could see. My cousin and I snuggled around Grayson, sitting atop hay bales, trying to keep him warm in the chilly morning as we rode a bumpy hayride around a wonderful farm in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee. Hot chocolate in hand, we got lost in a corn maze, letting the four-year-old lead the way and having fun trying to figure out which way to go. We'd have to stop every so often, and he would have to investigate the golden kernels of corn peeking out from their stalks. And then every now and then we'd have to pull him back onto the path because he'd want to wander through the high rows, so tempting to explore. I loved watching him discover a bit of God's creation that he hadn't experienced before, reminding me that God's work in this world is extraordinary and that we have been given stewardship of God's great creation. As we prepare for another stewardship season, this parable reminds us that we have been entrusted with God's creation and called to share of God's abundance. We are to understand ourselves to be stewards of God's creation rather than owners, tasked with ensuring that all God's children taste of God's abundance. And so rather than corn, imagine the rolling hills of wine country, vineyards and farmland as far as the eye can see. And so a property owner decides to plant a vineyard, sparing no cost to make it lush and bountiful, ensuring that it will produce the fattest, sweetest grapes he's got choice land, great sun, perfect rain. the best security money can afford surrounds it, along with fences, cameras, pest control, all of it. No varmint will have be able to get into these grapes. He's bought state of the art equipment, including a wine press that can make wine as soon as the harvest comes in. Gorgeous wine bottles have been purchased with a killer label designed by a famous artist for his product. The tasting room will have a waiting list months long, and at the center of this massive vineyard sits an enormous watchtower, and every corner of the vineyard can be seen to protect against human threat. Critics will rave about the wine and the beautiful vineyard that produces it. It will be a sight to behold Fellow farmers will salivate at this operation, only dreaming of the crop it will produce. It's a great opening verse to this parable, describing how much this landowner has invested in this vineyard. He is a good, thorough, and mindful landowner, emphasizing the providential care he has for the vineyard. We quickly get a picture painted of someone who takes every measure to ensure its greatness, and that it will be cared for and produce abundantly. If there's a problem, he's quick to fix it. But the landowner must hire employees to take care of it, and so he teaches them to prime the rich soil, to plant, weed, mend fences, use equipment, and sits together with them over countless bottles of wine, teaching them to taste the subtle differences of the many varieties of grapes. He reveals every secret he knows to them. He is generous, and he ensures they have everything they need with homes nearby. Confident in his investment and those he's left to run and manage his operation, he moves on to the next great project in another country.
1: For their wages,
0: the employees will receive a generous portion of the produce and profits, and the landowner will collect the rest after the harvest is complete. The employees can't believe that they have been put in charge of such a grand vineyard. It produces beyond their wildest dreams. The grapes are the sweetest they've ever seen, and wine sales are out of this world. They invite many to taste and buy, but soon become more selective, finally only allowing the most powerful and prestigious to taste their wine, turning aside those who first. They've forgotten they must give a portion to their boss until his men come knocking, ready to collect. They forget that they do not own the vineyard, and they seek to keep it all for themselves. One theologian writes, In Jesus' time, biblical scholars tell us that it would typically be five years before the landowner would expect to receive his first payment. Imagine for a moment that you are one of those tenants. And for the last five years, you have worked hard in the vineyard, and it has produced much fruit. And now, after five years without a word from the landowner, there suddenly appears some servants of his to collect the landowner's produce. You've begun to think and hope that maybe these servants would never appear, that the landowner forgot about his vineyard, that you would be able to keep it all for yourself. After all, it's been five years. But here the servants are, demanding his produce. They've forgotten that they are just stewards of the vineyard. Greed has hardened their hearts, and they violently kill their boss's servants. And yet, rather than retaliate, the landowner tries again, not responding in violence or approaching them with weapons, But arriving graciously, two more times the landowner tries, finally sending his son, expecting them to respect him and his authority, but they kill him too, thinking they can claim his inheritance. This parable is to be read as an allegory, rightfully expecting God as the landowner to provide a rich, enduring garden that produces Abundant fruits, fruits of mercy, of justice, of love. The vineyard symbolizes Israel, God's people, who are planted and pruned and cultivated to experience the goodness that God has created. God is eager to share of the vineyard that God created. And God has called particular leaders who will co-participate and cultivating and producing such fine, rich fruit. Those those called to watch over the vineyard, the tenants or the employees, are those called to lead the people, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews. Yet rather than participating as co-creators and stewards of the vineyard of God, they begin acting as though they are God themselves. They hoard their wealth. They refuse to share, forgetting that the vineyard isn't theirs. The son of the landowner, Jesus, has arrived to gather the fruits of the vineyard to proclaim the coming of God's kingdom. But they refuse him and kill him, foreshadowing Christ's death that is to come in just a couple of days. They have become steeped in scarcity and violence forgetting God's love and mercy and justice. This is a hard parable. It's called the parable of the wicked tenants. And it's an indictment against the religious leaders of the Jewish people, calling them to judgment for failing to cultivate and share the fruits of the kingdom that God desires and that they claimed responsibility for, the fruits of justice and loving kindness. And so Jesus, Jesus is trying to say, to claim the authority, to prove that God is there. Trying to break into the hardened hearts of those stuck in rigid tradition and greed. Those who rule the temple and in fact are supposed to help the people fail to see the very God they worship sent in Jesus Christ. And so rather than opening the doors wide so that all people can enjoy the vineyard, they have erected impassable fences that only they can pass through. They turn a blind eye to their fellow Jews who are struggling to survive, burdened by the rigid temple rules for worship and living under the harsh harsh occupation of the Roman Empire. Their people are struggling, and yet they turn a blind eye Rather than coming with open hands laden with rich fruit, they offer only dust and judgment. They've become constrained by a scarcity mindset, more centered on hoarding power and wealth and ensuring they were following the strict temple law to the rule, turning a blind eye to those who can't because of disease, poverty, those who suffer. This parable asks of us to consider tough questions. Do we too live with a scarcity mindset or do we live as those called by God to steward and share God's world and our resources? Are we only mindful of watering and cultivating our own plots of land? Or are we mindful of the parts of the vineyard that are dry, barren, or overcome with thorns and those struggling to cultivate them? What does our own plot of God's vineyard reap? And are we only keeping it for ourselves? Are we building high fences to protect it? Or are we inviting others to taste the fruits that God first gave us? Are we dismissing or even cutting off the life of those who are seeking to taste the fruits of God's kingdom? As we enter into our stewardship season, We tell God's story of generosity and our response, not only in relationship to our own church, but to the world around us. We don't just concern ourselves about our own corner of God's vineyard, but the entirety of the vineyard itself. And so what of the vineyard around us? What of the community that we live in? On any given night in Knoxville... In the past year, more than 1,200 people live outside or in temporary shelters, lacking a place to call home. At the same time, more than half of all Knoxville city renters cannot afford their housing costs, with 13,000 low-income families paying between 30 and 50% of their income toward housing, and nearly 11,000 families paying more than 50% of their income on housing. Households need an annual income of almost $121,000 in 2023 to afford a newly constructed home compared to just over $81,000 in 2022. There are too many stories about children suffering in school, being bullied in school, stories of too many children suspended, confronted by police at school, and even arrested For childish misbehaviors, like breaking a pencil, throwing a backpack on the floor, or refusing to take a hat off, stories of African-American children being disciplined more harshly than white children, our own district's data in 2021 showed African-American children were three and a half times more likely to be suspended than their white peers. These are stories and issues that are being confronted through the work of our partner in ministry called Justice Knox. Many of you are familiar with this. It is a community-wide ecumenical and interfaith organization that comes across theological, racial, and socioeconomic backgrounds to unite and work on deep and specific issues of justice in Knoxville. We are one of 22 congregations. The work to ensure that God's people can reap and taste the vineyard that God intended for all God's people. We recognize that by working together, we are more powerful than any one congregation. We recognize that we are all part of God's family, that we all reap from the same vineyard, the same world, and therefore, we are all neighbors and responsible for caring for each other. And so we actively confront this invasive scarcity mindset and insist that God's abundance is enough, is more than enough for all of God's people. We've heard about people taking off work and cutting back hours to drive loved ones to needed services because public transit could not make this happen. People who lost jobs or could not even apply because of limited bus hours and impossible walks to the bus. And people struggling with asthma and other respiratory issues, possibly related to air quality. After two Nehemiah Actions, the annual gathering of Justice Knox, with city officials, we have designed a microtransit service that will fill in gaps in transit and help clean up our air. The city has agreed to implementation to this implementation plan and is following through with a rollout. A a rollout expected in summer of 2024. In 2021, after a year when more people were killed in our city by guns than any other time in recent history, including loved ones in our own congregations, in Justice Knox, we decided to take on gun violence as an issue campaign. After a commitment at our 2022 Nehemiah Action by our mayor and district attorney, Justice Nuts leaders alongside city leaders are overseeing implementation of evidence-informed violence interrupter efforts and group violence intervention. We are heartened by this work, but know that we have a long way to go. I tell you all this to remind you that our vineyard is big and that we do have the power to affect change, to affect justice in the places in which people are thirsting and only know barren land. And so, stewardship season isn't just about ensuring that we have enough money for our budget, it's living in response to God's goodness and taking a hard look at the world around us and asking, How are we living in relationship with those in our community? in the same vineyard as us? Are we taking care of God's world, God's people, even even those we disagree with, even those we call enemy? Are we aware of how the community around us is suffering or thriving? And what is our response to them? This month, as I mentioned in the announcements, Our First Presbyterian Church Justice Ministry team will hold our annual house meetings where we will gather. We gather over meals and we talk about what concerns us, what is happening in Knoxville that makes us angry, and where we need to seek justice together. I've shared before that I once upon a time had a woman living in her car outside my own property. She lived there for weeks on end during a hot summer. And she lived there because she was too scared to go to the shelter. And she was suffering from mental illness. And so she preferred living in front of my house rather than seeking safety in the shelter. This is not okay. We hear all about these stories from each of us at these intimate house meetings. And we want to know how God has been good and where and how we need to tend to the vineyard where we all live. And so, friends, as we consider this season of stewardship, let us come together and discover God's fullness for all people. For God desires that we know God's fullness in mercy, justice, and peace. And so let us seek it together. Amen.
1: Gather our hearts for prayer. God of justice and peace, we thank you for the vision of a reality where justice flows like torrents of water, where righteous action and care is like a stream that never dries up, where predators and prey can cohabit in peace, and that all people find the courage to sit together at the table that has been prepared for them. We thank you. For these and other images in the words of Scripture, spoken by the prophets, words that disturb our comfort, that call to question our priorities, and call us to look with and live into the hope of a reality where no tears are shed, where no blood is spilled, where no one goes hungry in the shadow of a culture of excess. So we thank you for the prophets in our own times who have echoed these words and seek to draw us back into the amazing discipleship that you have called and continue to equip us for through the Holy Spirit. To water the vines of our neighbors, to develop relationships that humanize those who have been dehumanized, and to be responsible co-workers in your emerging kingdom. In a world of partisan bickering, of ecological destruction, of an indifference to violence, And with a scarcity mindset, we need these reminders, these words of old that echo through the lives and the witness of people in our lives that continue with confidence to help us see and work toward that which has been promised but is not yet known. Help us as we seek to be shaken from our sense of normal and routine and safe and predictable to be good workers in your vineyard that can be and provide shade and nourishment for a tired and hungry world. As we seek to be those co-workers, those stewards, we lift up those people and places that feel so far away from your kingdom reality. Where tears are plenty. we lift up those who are grieving losses and who carry incredible hurt. Those who are impacted by violence and who long for a day when swords will be beaten into plowshares. This day we especially lift up the conflict on the West Bank and pray for a peaceful resolution. We pray for those who are ill in mind, body, and spirit who feel far away from a time when hurt and death will be no more, where cancer screenings, anxious surgeries, and scans won't fill our hearts with dread and our minds with worry, until a time when sickness is no more may comfort and healing intersect the lives of all who are hurting. We pray for those who worry about a world bent on division and discord, a world where cooperation is punishable and our lives have to be spent in small places where opinions and beliefs align rather than in the expanse of a large and messy and wonderful kingdom that you call us to be and proclaim. Fill our leaders with wisdom to model and work towards places where those who disagree are not enemies to be defeated, but siblings to be known and learned from. Where compassion, weakness, and humility are rewarded and not viewed as weak. In our own church, we have so much to be grateful for, and we have so much worry on our hearts. This morning, we particularly lift up the family of Jeannie Fox. We lift up Phyllis Driver, Vance Berkey, Libba Wall, and Mary Spingler. Thank you for showing us that the brokenness that so often fills us with comfort is not the things that we can hope for, the ultimate reality that we can long for in our life. That your dream is more expansive and more dangerous and more wonderful than anything that we can ever imagine. Help us to work towards this kingdom in all that we say and do, comforted, directed, and guided by the words of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father Our time of offering is also a time to recognize that the vines of our own lives that we often direct so much time and energy and money to is not the whole of the vineyard that God has planted. Our stewardship, financial, and the stewardship of our lives and gifts can be directed toward helping us recognize the expansive gift of God's kingdom, to water those places that are not watered in our society to give shade to those people in places that need it. Our gift is a testament to our commitment to be a people who are not so concerned with the vine that we neglect the vineyard. Let us continue our worship through our gifts.